is going to be your fortress and it's going to be your weakness. If you want to be a leader, you have to learn how to manage that. That is your essence, but that doesn't mean that you have to be sweet all the time. You can be strong and you can be a good leader without being loud. Real quick note, my family and I just got back from an incredible cruise with UnCruise. Now we'd experienced what cruising was like on a big ship with thousands of people. And frankly, it just wasn't for us. But this one was completely different. It was a small boat of less than 100. We had an amazing time where we saw whales and other wildlife, inspiring nature, hiking, kayaking, and bushwhacking, which is hiking without the trails. And we received incredibly personalized service guides who get you off the beaten path and gorgeous sunsets. Everything was so easy and with no lines. They provided incredible meals, including sustainable seafood, not to mention a list of impressive cocktails. My wife, daughter, and I loved it. When we returned, I asked UnCruise to become a show sponsor, and I was excited when they agreed. Right now, they're offering special deals on cruises in Baja, Mexico, and Alaska that includes the incredible luxury, service, and adventure that we experience. To learn more, go to benleads.com slash cruise. That's benleads.com slash cruise for the latest deals. Welcome back to Lead the Team with number one best-selling author and in-demand corporate trainer, Ben Fanning. On this podcast, the world's most innovative senior leaders share their top success strategies to motivate your direct reports, cultivate your top leaders, and accelerate your career. Let's get started. Here's Ben. Hey there, Lead the Team Nation. Welcome back to another great episode. Today, I have for you Andrea Quiros, who is CEO of Pragma USA, a company that provides nearshoring solutions and is a custom software development and digital transformation company founded 27 years ago to improve people's lives by transforming businesses. They have operations in the U.S., Central and South America, and two development hubs in Colombia and Peru. They're more than at 1,200 pragmatics, which is what they call their employees and team. They have delivered over 700 projects for 150 clients across the continent. Andrea grew up in Colombia and was trained as an industrial engineer before getting into tech. We're going to explore her journey today. Andrea, welcome to Lead the Team. Thank you, Ben. I'm really excited to be here and to share my experience with you. So I know you like to talk a lot about mentors. What role have mentors played in your career? Well, a lot. Um, since my first job. I work in a company called Renting Colombia. It was my first job. I finished my master. I did my master in Italy for two years. And when I come back to Medellin, a friend introduced me to the company. They select me. And I began like instantly. I was like, mm. I wanted to rest a little bit because I was studying for First, the the, um, the first degree, then the master, seven, eight years of studying. I wanted to have like at least one or two months of vacations. I couldn't. Uh, I, I'm happy because of that, because I had a really good opportunity. Mm -hmm. And in this company, I always said I had the first best boss one mm -hmm. can have. He was really patient. Mm -hmm. He explained me really well how the company works 
I was in the operation area, the core of the company. And I remember he did an analogy about how it works with a hamburger. Mm, okay. So it was really easy for me. But at the same time, while I, wor- I was working with him, he was teaching me a lot. He um, put me to work with a lot of managers of the area. I was really young without experience. And he was like, okay, you are going to present to them. We are going to work hand by hand with them. You are open to give your ideas and to make it real. Mm-hmm. Uh, so since the beginning, I had the opportunity to talk uh, with managers. But at the same time, the president of the company, he chose uh, five young people from different areas. And now, in retrospective, I understand that he was mentoring us. I didn't know at the beginning that because Mm. for me, it was my first job. For me, it was normal. Every company uh, did that in my mind. I thought that. But now I, I, I understand that that is not easy. I was really lucky to have... Uh, these two people uh, teaching me. So with the president, he chose these five people and every day he teaches something. He creates a center mm-hmm. of excellence mm-hmm. of innovation and strategy. And I was like in every strategic planning of the company with the directors. I had to present in the board of directors, actually, a couple mm-hmm. of projects so I I really feel lucky because mm. of that, because without experience, beginning to talk with this kind of, of people, mm-hmm. with this role, C-levels, um, it teach me a lot. So you mentioned a couple so, of things there. Let me, let me ask you, what a, you, I can't let you get too far from the hamburger. <laughs> like, what is the hamburger management? Is it management strategy with hamburgers? What? No, what was it? No, no, he was explaining me how the operation works, how the canon uh, work. Uh, the company is, uh, they rent vehicles from small cars to trucks for mm. companies. Okay. So he, he was explaining me how the operation works and how you can build and customize your, mm. your oh, okay. rent or your leasing. So he teach me, he, he taught me like, Okay, it's like the hamburger. You can't have uh, just a cheeseburger hamburger. Or if you want it with bacon or you want it with lettuce and tomato, uh, it's the same that if you want it with, uh, I don't know, upgrade tires, uh, all, all of that. So for me, it was okay. Yeah. Now I understand it. how it's, it works. So you simplified the whole business as a hamburger. Yes. And you're like, you know what? Yeah. I haven't been working very long or at all. At this point, you've been in school a long, a long time. And you're like, you're in the workforce. You're like, what am I? What is explain the business to me? And he's like, consider a hamburger. You can yep. customize it <laughs> so many different ways. And that's what we do. Okay, got it. All right. And so you were selected too as it sounds like an all-star person in the company to be mentored by the CEO of all people. What do you think you were doing or did to really position yourself? To be selected for that, I think I don't know the 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 wanting the I, I was I, I was not ashamed. I was talking mm. to them like they were not friends, but I never uh, speak to them like "Hey, boss." No, 
I was selling them their names. Oh, okay, like a peer-to-peer level. Yes. I don't know why. I was like that. I really don't know. <laughs> they give me the confidence to In do Spanish, that. What do they call it? Chispa? <laughs> or what are they? Yes, something like, like that. The like chispa. the spark or the... Uh, uh, you talk. It does make a difference when you talk to someone as a peer, even if they're higher up the administrative chain than you. Uh, because I think it, it sort of earns their respect a little bit more and helps you kind of elevate the conversation. Yes. And I I respect them a lot, but I really um, saw them like humans, hmm. not in the, because they are the president of the um, and of the sea levels. For me, it was the, the same. I can talk to you. I can give you my mm-hmm. ideas. I didn't have the fear to talk with them. Mm-hmm. So I think that helped me a lot. Like to to position myself in front of them differently. Yeah, what a home run! And I suspect that that immediately that mentoring with the CEO it fast tracked and accelerated your career progress. Yes, and my my learning. I have an anecdote that I really. I, Thinking in, in this in this podcast, I remember that I I I forgot it completely, and I'm really happy to remember this this story. The former president of the company, he gave me a piece of paper. He left a um, piece of paper in the desk in my desk. It said "sweet," just the word "sweet" and his signature. I'm like, what is this? I don't understand why this word. He asked me if I feel related with the word, if I talked about that word. Mm. I say, okay, I, I don't know. I think people used to tell me, I, you are so sweet, you are so peaceful. So I talked in that. I don't know if it's, it was related with that. I said, yes, you are a sweet person. You avoid confrontation. Mm. So... That skill yours is going to be your fortress and it's going to be your weakness. Mm. That's weakness. So if you want to be a leader, you have to learn how to manage that. That is your essence, but that doesn't mean that you have to be sweet all the time. Mm. I wasn't aware of that in that moment, but I understand and I have to to learn to I, I I went to different courses to learn about negotiation because I really avoid in my sweetness I was avoiding yeah the confrontation like it was a discussion I was like I don't want to be here I don't like to to get into fights yeah. I was like so for me it was really eye-opening because if I didn't get to a uh, equilibrium between both, I'm not going to be a good leader. Mm. I have to be a strong, but you can be a strong and you can be a good leader without raising your voice, without being loud. Mm. You can't, um, I don't know, you can't talk with people respectfully without giving the position of fear with them. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was really like my first point of change in my leadership wow. skill. So just to play this back, 
the CEO writes the word sweet on a piece of paper, signs it, and puts it on top of your desk. Yeah. And you're like, what is this CEO? And the CEO is like, this is your greatest, one of your greatest, I guess, leadership attributes. Or he he said fortress, is that right? Or she, he or she said fortress. And it's your greatest challenge. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I, I, that strikes me in a couple different ways. Number one, sweet. Yep. What a word. And the CEO didn't say, you know what, you're you're too nice. Uh, you're too sweet. You need to be something else. It sounds like he's like, own that part of you. Own that who you are. But notice that there's a shadow side to it, yep. which is you can be sweet and kind as a leader. It sounds like that's your natural sort of way to go. But you also, they encourage you to develop the counter to sweet, which is what is the counter to sweet or how, how do you think about the opposite of sweet that you need to step or that you want stepped into and develop? Uh, I think it's that the, to be as not loud, be as strong, like in your position, like, yeah, like tell everything you have in mind without thinking if is going to hurt someone, because the thing was, for me, I always talk in the other person. Like if mm. it's going to, if I'm going to say something that is going to feel going to um, the, the other person is going to feel bad or not. So I was in in like in the extreme part of that. Yeah. So it's okay. No, it's going to hurt a little bit, but it's going to be better for you in the future. We are going to improve. So hold on to the sweetness, <laughs> but develop more strength behind it. It sounds like yep. when you did that, what happened? Oh, you no, that took a lot of time. It wasn't <laughs> like, okay, he told me that. And the next day I'm so strong. No, actually I began to feel the change when I leave my first job after okay. four or five years. I really grew those four years, mm -hmm. and in the new, in this new role in the in the new job, I saw all the change in in how I mm. how I, I I confront everything, how I talk with people. I really felt the difference between other people doing the same kind of job of me, and I understand that it was that he was preparing me for my future but it, it took four or five years yeah and it's a good good to note too you started that company as your first job okay there's andrea coming she's the new person in the organization it can be hard for leaders a lot of leaders listening can probably relate it can be hard to change the perception of you inside your own company when you started there yeah. sometimes you got to go somewhere else to get that fresh start you come in and you're, you know, you're kind of coming in with a stronger perspective. And when you did that, what did you notice different at the new company when you sort of reduced the sweetness or balanced out the sweetness of Andrea with the strong part of Andrea? What did you notice? Well, what was different? I think everything was different. For me, here, no one's noticed that. 
because they didn't know me in the past. So it it was like, okay, she is a, she's a strong, but she's really respectful. I really love that that I had a team and I was teaching them a lot of, of, of these things. The mm. former president of my first boss explaining to me. So I don't know. I was like, it was easy for me to really be in a, a position to talk with the president of the company, to talk also with the different managers of, of the vice presidents. I was talking with them again, like mm-hmm. my, my peers. They were my peers at the time. But I was like, I don't know. It was really fluent for me. It wasn't that difficult. I really don't know. It was like everything, uh, yeah, was fluent. Like I didn't uh, make an effort. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain that. It was like everything I learned in those four years, everything I talk here, I didn't think about it that much. It was just... It just came and just shined through. That's cool. That's great. Are you looking to increase sales, grow your brand, and share your leadership message? Then check out our business podcast program. Each week, more people listen to podcasts than have Netflix accounts, and one-third of the U.S. population listens to podcasts regularly. So your customers and team are already listening to podcasts. It should be yours. Discover our five-step profitable podcast framework and what results you can expect for your company by setting up a 20-minute call with my team at benleads.com slash schedule. That's benleads.com slash schedule. So what's your recommendation for leaders who've identified the sweetness, kindness, nicety in their own leadership style? That's where they kind of default, but they would like to develop the uh, sort of the stronger, bolder side too, you know, what's the first step for them? I would recommend to trust in yourself and in your mm-hmm. guts. It is the first thing. You don't have to be someone you are not. Mm-hmm. You can find your voice. Yeah. You don't have to be like the kind of leader that have to be loud, that have to be uh, like, angry all the time if you are not like that be true to yourself mm-hmm. that's a that's the thing for me because Sorry. in yeah. those four years i need to be more strong so i was like in that extreme part like not being myself like i want a position uh i want to be manager i want to be seen so that was hard that's why it took uh, so long because I was trying to understand my voice, who I wanted to be as a leader. And in those three years, I was like, no, I don't want to be like this. I don't like to be like this. That is not my essence. My essence is this. That word, that sweet part is your essence. So just take it like an advantage, not like something that is not good. It's good. And you can build a team with that, a good team. like. I work with my team really good. I love to work with them. They trust in me. I trust in them. And we are like, we are friends, but we Mm -hmm. differentiate that that line of the the work and life. And in life, I love to be with them. I understand what is happening in their lives. But also in work, I like 
we have to finish this. We have to do this with quality. Mm-hmm. And I like to have that equilibrium. And those were years and that inside fight mm-hmm. helped me to be today, like to have that equilibrium. So, so powerful, Andrea. And there are so many point, things I want to point out. I'm experiencing that. I'm experiencing your story on a lot of different levels. One of the ones being just really owning your authenticity. You're not trying to be someone you're not by adapting this other leadership style. You're just honing. You're, you're really in touch with the kind of leader you are. And, and I think you, the, men, the, the mentoring you have from that CEO helped identify that in you and plant the seed of, hey, there is a shadow side to this, and these are other things that I can do to really fortify that. And my goodness, has it paid off. Here you are leading the U.S. expansion for for Pragma, but you're born in Colombia. You've had success in companies in Latin America, and you're leading the charge for your company in a completely new market. What's it been like so far? Well, um, at the beginning, I was so scared because I wasn't prepared. I think you're never going to be prepared, fully prepared for something. So you have to do it with fear, but do it. Hmm. So even uh, my, my first or my main issue was if the people is going to understand me for my language, for my accent. I studied English in the past. Uh, I studied in Los Angeles or I lived there for six to eight months. But of course, a lot of people talk in Spanish. So it wasn't that um that good for my English. I did my master in Italy in English. So I was talking in English, but with Italians. So also it wasn't good for the language. And so that was my main concern. But when I began to work and to understand that, okay, you can't sell the same, like you are selling in, in Colombia or in Latam, the market is completely different i knew that that is what's going to be different but i thought that okay it's just to translate it no it wasn't so you have to understand what makes sense to the market how you communicate it because in latam or specifically in colombia we talk a lot we like to explain like since the beginning what is happening like everything Mm. And what I understand here is people in US are straight. Like, no, tell me how it works. That's it. How much cost? That was the first uh, barrier that I uh, confront. Like, okay, I have to explain it different. We have mm-hmm. to build different, uh, it's the same service, but how it makes sense to the market. Another thing is we wanted to take everything. It's huge. The market is huge. And I wanted everything. <laughs> so I went like all over the place uh, saying yes to everything. And then I understand, no way. You have to make choices. Mm. You have to decide where to play. Mm. And also not going for the whole vertical. We are really good in finance and in retail and in health tech. We have been working with a lot of companies. Uh, we are industry agnostic, but wait, you don't have experience in US. You have experience in the town. So 
just choose one. Even one is bigger than the market in the town. So just decide. So for me, that that was that that is the hardest part, make mm. choices to go for just one thing. Because one one um I think the, the value of people of Colombia specifically, I don't know the mm. other um Latin countries, they, how, how is the the, the work, the, the labor hand, if I can say that. But living in Italy and living here, I know that companies or um, they value mm. the work that the Medellin people does. We do mm. more. We are like okay. We like to do to have several hats. Mm. One person can do like three or four roles at the same time. And like like cross trained. Like being cross-trained in different things? Call it back yeah. to your industrial engineering days, probably. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, so we are really good at that. So people love to work with us because of that. Mm. So that is our, our value. That, for example, our coders, our developers, they mm. don't only really code. They really think more. If they see something that is wrong or something that can be done better, for sure they are going to say, hey, I, I have a better option. So some companies appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Others say, no, just do this. So also that is a, a, a choice. We want companies that are open to let our developers, our people give options. That is it's something that we love to do. It's in our uh, our heart. Yes, so good and so interesting, and a lot of things done are wrapped there. But one of the biggies I think that 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 comes to me in that is just making choices when you enter a new market, being specific. We on the business side, and I love how you acknowledge. Right, look, Spanish is my first language, and one of my biggest concerns is I've got to communicate effectively through. I sub, my second language, English. And having, uh, it's interesting because my first job out of college, I was an industrial engineer and I wanted to travel so badly. And I had a role, a job traveling to Latin America uh, as an industrial engineer. So we have some uh, similarities there. Nice. But I had took a lot of Spanish classes, uh, done some immersion in Spain and Latin America. But nothing improved my Spanish like working. And I thought I knew Spanish until I started working. I'm like, okay, now I'm learning the language of business in Spanish. And it was such a powerful, transformative experience that you only get if you're willing yeah. to face the fear of doing it. I mean, you're doing you're doing deals in, in, in your second language. And I think that's pretty incredible. <laughs> Having struggled through that yeah. myself, but after you've done it three, four, five, you know, a dozen times, you know, it just comes to you. Yeah, it gets easier, but the fear is never going to be like it's not going to disappear. Of course, <laughs> the fear is there, even if you're doing yeah. it in your native language. Yes, because you're yeah. you're facing sales, <laughs> you're facing rejection, all the stuff. Mm. So, Andrea, we covered so many darn things today. We really, I mean, around mentorship, leadership, 
sweet and strong combined. It's a superpower taking control, leading in a market where it's your second language and being successful and accelerating your career. What's your parting thought for our listeners today? Don't wait for the perfect moment. Mm. You are not going to be fully prepared, never. <laughs> so just create your own circumstances to make it work mm-hmm. in everything, not only in, in, in work, also in, in your life. That is part also what I said I, I before is trusting yourself and your guts. If you have a good feeling, go for it. Also, if you think that is not that good and you have a bad feeling, it's because something is wrong. So mm. don't go in, in that direction. And trusting you, trusting yourself. And again, don't wait things to be perfect. Please don't. That is an illusion. It's an utopia. Muchas gracias, Andrea. A ti. Would you or your CEO be a good fit for this podcast? If you know a uniquely talented leader who has a story to share and a message to deliver, then we'd love to host them on the show. Go to benleads.com slash apply to fill out a quick form where you can let us know a little bit about yourself and my team will take a look to see if we're a good fit. That's benleads.com slash apply. Ben Fanning is a number one best-selling author, Inc. Magazine columnist, and CEO of the Fanning Group, an international consultancy and corporate training company. To learn how they can help your organization, go to benfanning.com.